Welcome back to the Kaiju Apostle Podcast, the show where two seminarians discuss and read way too much into giant monster films. I'm David. I'm Chris. And joining us this evening is the one and only Kaiju, Kim. How are you, Kim? I'm fantastic. How are you? I, I'm great. Thanks for asking. How are you, Chris? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's awesome. Oh, there's uh, about a three second delay between us saying something and you responding, Chris. This is wonderful. It's heightening the tension, <laughs> making you wait a little. That is one thing it's doing. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we are doing our show abrasion episode, which is our last episode before the hiatus. Um, as a way of just celebrating how much of an experience this these films have been. Uh, we just kind of wanted to touch on some of the more memorable moments of the series and uh, kind of give you all a chance. We uh, had you uh, ask some questions as well, so that should be fun. Um, before we jump in, though, Kim, we ask everybody, what is your history with the franchise? <laughs> Well, I have been watching Godzilla movies pretty much since birth. Um, but the only non-Godzilla kaiju film I saw as a kid was Rodan. So mm-hmm. I sadly didn't see a lot of the kai- uh, kaiju films till I hit adulthood. Um, but there's still a few that I have to catch up on, but I have seen quite a few. Um, yeah. So with Rodan then, did you find yourself like, because I know when I was a kid, obviously, I really loved the ones where there's more fighting, right? But Rodan was, I don't know, I could tell back then it was a really good movie. So, like, are you one of those people that you were more into the fighting or did you appreciate some of the the more cinematic elements as well? Like, what was your favorite going up? Uh, my favorite? Ooh. Um I love to be some Godzilla versus Megalon. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like the fighting, but I, I also appreciated like the story. I never wanted to skip the human parts, even as a kid. Yeah, I think that's kind of interesting how people make it seem like well, you know, when you're in a kid, you only care about the monsters. And it's like I was the same way. Right. I mean, obviously, yes, that's like what hooked me. But yeah, I never fast forward through any of those parts like they were just as interesting as the rest i mean especially with like godzilla versus mecha godzilla like the the ship scene you know you have all the the even with terra mecha godzilla the interpol agents like that was just cool to me so i don't get why people would think it's just an adult thing to watch that mm-hmm. um so you grew up with the films like who got you into godzilla uh my dad for sure okay um, yeah fun fact my dad was born the same year Gojira came out in 1954, so my dad's just as old as Godzilla. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> with him getting you into the movies, then, was that something he grew up with, or was it something that he discovered later? Oh, he grew up with it. He actually saw like some of the Showa films in theaters, like on the big screens, which is really cool. That's awesome. So... The reason I found out about you is uh, obviously everyone's kind of jumping in on Twitter here recently, it feels like. But I know you have a YouTube channel, which I have checked out. I do enjoy what you're doing on there. So what inspired you to make a YouTube channel in a sea full of kaiju YouTubers? Well, I just had an itch to create content and... I figured, okay, what can I make content about? What Mm -hmm. am I passionate about? Oh, I'm passionate about Godzilla. 
I won't shut up about him. And so I, <laughs> I decided to make a um, YouTube channel about Godzilla, but I, I wanted to expand my horizons, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, get, add some variety to my content. And so instead of naming my channel, all Godzilla all the time, always Kim, I am <laughs> Kaiju Kim. <laughs> yeah. It rolls off the tongue a little easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. Well, because you were telling me before we started recording, and we had talked about this before as well. So you used to make videos about female-fronted rock and metal bands. Is that right? Yes. Yes, I did. That's um, awesome. Yes. Um, I, I I lost the drive after a while. It was fun. I did it for about um, a year, maybe two. And then mm. I just kind of fell off of it. Life got busy. And then just, I, I fell out of love with that. And then I fell back in love with Godzilla. Yeah. So here we are. So the passion for creating there is just the direction you're going with it's it's change, which makes sense. I mean, I think Chris and I have, you know, we've we did a Star Wars podcast before. Now we're talking about Godzilla. Like we have that desire to create. It's just different seasons, right? So absolutely get that. So for the listeners at home, what female fronted band that people don't know about would you suggest yes. oh, that people don't know about uh, let me see everyone's got that closet band right they're like this is, gives me street cred like i knew mm. about them before anyone else did so like who's that band for you <laughs> um off the top of my head there's this band called forever still okay. i believe they're from the netherlands but well, we're yeah, off to they, a good start there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have some really good music. They're kind of a mix between Evanescence and Lacuna Coil. So if you like those two bands, I should def- you should definitely check out Forever Still. And they're on Nuclear Blast. So that is another good sign for me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So it looks like here they toured with Children of Bodom. Okay. You have to be somewhat good to be able to tour with them. So that's a good sign. Yeah, I will definitely check them out. Yeah, I never actually... Lacuna Coil is a band that I've heard about for years and years and years. I just never gave them a chance. I don't know why. I've heard great things about them. I just don't know what... Like, why I never checked them out. You should. They're fantastic. All right. Make a note of that. So, Metal, Godzilla, what else should we know about you? <laughs> like, you are the Kaiju Kim, right? So, what makes you you? What makes me me? Um, <laughs> good question. <laughs> I don't know. I'm awkward. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> uh, I don't know. What else do you want to know? <laughs> so what do you do when you're not obsessing about giant men and suit well not giant men (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean i mean i I obsess about giant men clearly that's just you know what i've got on the brain that's your day job that's your day job obsessing about giant men jolly green giant man he's a kaiju oh yeah Mm. great Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh yeah so i mean what do you do in your free time are you do you are you into gaming like you know what what should people know about you that you feel comfortable sharing of course um well, um, any lovers in your life? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I am in fact spoken for. I am engaged. <laughs> Which again, congrats! That is awesome. Thank you. When I'm not making videos about giant monsters, I edit videos for p- other people. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, so on top of like writing, filming, and editing my videos, I edit videos for other people, at least when I have clients. <laughs> <laughs> and then you said you're doing yeah. something for school too, right? Oh, yeah. I am in school right now. I'm working on a short film project for that. So that's fun. Yes, I, uh, I think you posted something on Twitter to your Instagram. I don't have Instagram anymore, so I couldn't really look at it. But yeah, it looked like uh, you're having fun with that. Oh, I, oh, I'm, I, I'm having so much fun with it. I'm not only in it, but I'm like directing it. And I'm usually a pretty reserved person, but like when I'm directing a film, I like get into the zones. Like <laughs> it's insane. I love it. That's awesome. You just give yourself really good notes to work with. Yes. <laughs> it's like, all right, Kim, that was good, but next time do this. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I can't even imagine like trying to direct yourself. How do you, how are you able to be objective? That would just be so hard for me. Uh, yeah, but it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's hard. It's, it's challenging, yeah. I, I got to say. But um, yeah, I just kind of look back at the footage and I'm like, ooh, that wasn't good. I, I, I do that with my own videos, too, because I'm used to directing myself with my own videos. So I'm like, mm. like, oh, that sucked. Let's do another take. <laughs> yep. That's how it is with editing, too. I'll hear myself and I'm like, oh, I can't edit that out. Right. And then I hear Chris and I'm like, well, I definitely can't edit him out because it like it just be silence the whole time. People wouldn't know what's going on. <laughs> Got to leave some content in there. Right. Except yeah. the time that I did accidentally delete your thoughts on what was that? Uh, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla for the first draft of the the podcast episode. I'm like, oh, oh. my gosh, how did I do that? Oh, no. <laughs> the lost <Isn't>, episodes. <laughs> isn't that the worst? Like you export something and then you find a mistake after you upload it. Like, yes. No. Yes. <laughs> but that's the thing with podcasting. At least you can change it and it's easy. But with like YouTube, obviously, like that's a big deal. Like because you, you can't just go back and re-upload the video with the same views and all that. Right. Like it has mm. to be a new video. Yeah, it has to be a new video, which yeah. is, that sucks. But fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, most of the time when I catch a mistake, it's before I actually release the video. So uh, yeah. I'm, I lucked out there. You know, that reminds me of people who put up a tweet and then they get like one like on it. And then there's like, oh, sorry, there's a typo. I wish there was an edit button. And like, okay, only one person has seen this tweet. You can repost it. <laughs> but if you delete it, you mess with the algorithm. Yeah. Yeah. That, Sorry. That, see, Sorry, that's the Jack. thing is if you would have left it up. Oh, well, I guess, you know, you, the, 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 excuse me. The thought is if you leave it up, that's the one that's going to go viral. Right. But if you delete it and fix it, then it's not going to go viral. And that's the only reason why we're on Twitter. So it's true. Chris, do you have any uh, questions or thoughts before we jump in to the Twitter discussion? Yeah, so for our viewers at home who can clearly see our background here, I see you have Ultra Q very prominently displayed behind you. There it is. Uh, is yes. that like a, you getting into that? Something you've been into? Uh, I am getting into that. Um, I don't, I'm, it's a kind of a thing that I'm working on for my YouTube channel. I don't want to spoil it just yet. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I got something in the works. That's awesome. Sweet. So, because you said you just finished the episode with, I'm not going to spoil it because Chris hasn't seen it yet, but the episode with the turtle uh, yeah, and the bank that, robbers. Oh, my oh, goodness Oh, on the bank robbers. <laughs> I know all about it. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be a fun movie. No, like that episode is, it's so trippy, but it's so good. And they're like, there's legitimately like, 
it's based off of some like folk tale, I think. So like there's some like very intentional references throughout it. Um, but yeah, Ultra Q though, like Ultraman Nexus will forever be my favorite Ultraman show. But like Ultra Q and Ultra uh, Neo Ultra Q are just right up underneath there. They're so unique and strange and I love it. Like there's just nothing like it. Yeah, it was a good episode. It was a little, but as I was watching, I was like, what? Yeah. Kind of acid <laughs> trip am I on? It, yeah, trust me, that's not even the strangest episode. So, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> How many episodes in is this? Six. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, show abrasion time. Uh, we did ask on Twitter. Really, it was two questions here. So first we asked, is there a show era film that has made you rethink the way you live your life? If so, or if not, why? And if you had to choose a movie from this era to share with someone, which one and why? I didn't ask if not there, because obviously I would hope that we would <laughs> do that. Um, I'm going to save the longest one for last. Furbus, you are ridiculous. Um, so I'll read through a few here. Uh, so... Kyoe Toshi, uh, appreciate the reply there. Uh, you said, no, we have Ultra and Sentai for that. Like, that was the best <laughs> subtle dig, and it's incredible. Um, I know that's not really how you intended it, but it's I, I do agree with you. Um, but the film that she, she would recommend sharing with people would be uh, uh, Shodai or Godzilla 54 because it's so well done, bottom. Oh, oh, so it's so well done, top to bottom. Right there with Shin and the Gamera trilogy as far as kaiju films go. To introduce someone specifically to the genre, the Japanese name for Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster in 1964. Um, Andrew Roebuck, his reply was, These movies have been in my life for so long, it is very hard to break down and answer accurately. The messages and the creatures within have almost formed in some ways how I live my life. But... All Monsters Attack made me feel less alone in the world as a kid, taught me my love for monsters and my lack of friends could be something to celebrate. Play can help you contextualize the world around you with the film, which the film perfectly encapsulates. As for the movie he would recommend, uh, Godzilla vs. Hedera. All my friends and family need to experience a madcap love letter to environmentalism. The goofiness does not separate it from the message. Godzilla, fan Godzilla films can be both. Um... Monsters vs. Men, which really is Eric. Uh, he said, ask me tomorrow and get different answers. But uh, King Kong vs. Godzilla makes me genuinely reflect on my media consumption and what I view as spectacle, which that's very spot on. Um, as a representative of the era, though, Mothra vs. Godzilla combines humor, thoughtfulness, and strong character transformation. Uh, Jonathan or JJ Hicks 19 said, other than just pulling me straight into the kaiju fandom, I can't think of anything life altering, but Godzilla vs. Hedera, it's silly where it needs to be, has an important yet contemporary message and is an art house style. And last, because it was like freaking 10 tweets. All right. Nice. Let me figure it out. Wasn't really. No, I'm pretty close. Okay. So <laughs> Furbus underscore. GDDC, sorry, yeah, GDDC. Um, so for the first question, I think it's a safe bet to say that 1954 has changed how I look at storytelling, especially monster films. Verse Hedera also sticks out to me as its trippy visuals and story felt different from other pollution is bad stories. It helped widen my idea of cinema. 
So this is where he starts getting into this a little bit more deeply. Um, 54 sober yet hopeful tone. It never plays Godzilla for laughs. He is a threat of their past coming back. When I first got into Godzilla with 2014, I just thought it was monster fights like later Showa films. Something just clicked with 54, though. The prayer for peace especially. The fact that they showed this song about the nation hoping for peace and comfort right after a hospital scene is really impactful. Honda was an amazing director in his vision, and Subaraya's effects showed me that Godzilla is more than fights, but that it can be true art. 54 is a perfect blend of an anti-war message along with hope for the future. With this, you would think that this would be depressing, but it isn't. It's able to take these ideas and themes and give hope to it, even as Godzilla destroys Japan. This isn't the defector for monster flicks. Emphasis is always on a goofy-looking dino suit destroying stuff. The fact that 54 was what it was and that it could do what it did really shows the range of cinema. You can have Godzilla as a monster or you can have him as a hero. The fact that they go back to 54 really shows how strong it was. I think Shin emulated this idea for a modern audience, which is why it is so well regarded. I will say that that's contested these days. Uh, Without 54 and many other Toho works, I would see this genre as schlocky B-flick monster mashes. Uh, whenever I want to share a Godzilla movie, I always go to verse Megalon. It's fine story-wise. It is just a fun film, especially to make jokes about it with first-time viewers. It's a good gateway drug. 54 or verse Mothra are always safe bets, too. Took a lot of tweets. <laughs> but do you guys agree, disagree? Obviously a lot there, um, but we're going to get into that here shortly. Um, so favorite film. That's our first question here. Kim, you're up. All right. So my favorite film from this era would have to be, I, I got to say, Gojira. Um, yeah. So um, like I was telling you, David, before we started, I am an old college student. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes I get an assignment where I pick a topic of where we, where we want to talk about. And uh, I, more often than not, I choose Gojira. Um, in fact, a few semesters ago, I did an informative speech on the special effects in that film. And I would have talked about the entire franchise, but I only had six minutes. Um, <laughs> and also, my review of Gojira, which is on my channel right now, was originally an assignment for my TV production class last semester after the pandemic hit. But uh, yeah, that film has a lot to dissect and really dive into. And I love the dark tone and I love the cinematography and I love the story. And of course, it's the origin of my favorite kaiju. Like, what's not to love? Yeah. You're dead. It's definitely not easy <laughs> watching, though. Mm, nope. But I love it. <laughs> Watch it, watch it all the time. <laughs> so if you had a Godzilla movie that wasn't Gojira, what would it be? Like that was your favorite. Either Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster or Godzilla versus Megalon. I can allow that. <laughs> <laughs> no, Megalon is just, it's so fun. Like it's one of the... Out of all of them, it's so poorly constructed if you yeah. think about it. But despite that, it just works so well. I mean, I'm wearing a Versa Megalon shirt right now. You can't really see it, podcast listeners. But like, you know, it's, it's just one that's always stood out to me. So I get why it would be up there for you. I do have to ask, though. So if Versa Megalon is one of your favorite, are you sad that 
next year will be the first time that we see any Chet Jaguar for God, <laughs> almost 50 years. Yeah, I'm I'm excited that they're bringing back Jet Jaguar for Godzilla singular point. I was like, yeah, Jet Jaguar. Such <laughs> a cool, yeah, such a cool addition there. We did see him in a 2007 video game, though. I think it was uh, Godzilla Unleashed. Yeah. Yeah, he was in the, the newer game, too, um, for the PS3 and PS4. And then yeah, he's yeah, been in a couple too, yeah. comics, but... Obviously, cinema-wise, we haven't seen yeah. him since then. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. What about you, Christopher? Um, yeah, I think. Uh, okay, I'm going to sound like a prayer request. I'm going to echo what Kim said about Gojira, but <laughs> if I had to pick one that wasn't Gojira, actually, it would probably go with Mothra. Godzilla versus Mothra, because I okay. think, like, in terms of in terms of how it shifted into the monster fights, but still had quite a bit to say about both of them. And I think we we had a lot to say in our first couple episodes, but I think like that's the first one where I kind of felt like there was a lot of layers going on and a lot of stuff going together. So is this an objective view? No. Do I have a such thing as an objective view? No, you've listened to this podcast enough. But... Uh, yeah, y'all were expecting me to say Senegadzilla, but I'll be real today most of the time. Um, yeah, Mothra, Godzilla and Mothra had a lot going on, had a lot of different um, layers going on, which I really appreciated. Like, I appreciated that there was so much to both, like, Godzilla and Mothra both had so much going on. The humans were so, the more I sit with them, the more I kind of miss what we had with them in some of these movies, to be honest. Um, and just in terms of setting the course for what the rest of these could have been, I think it's really well done. So, yeah, not an objective view. Yeah. I'm sure everyone's going to um, be like, whoa, 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 did you see the one with Hedera in it? And I'll be like, yeah, I did. But this <laughs> one is more fun for me. Yeah. And that's the hard thing is everyone answers Gojira, right? I mean, that's that's what I have. You know, and it's not even that I think it's, well, it's the first, so it has to be the best. Like, my favorite Star Wars movie is not A New Hope, right? My favorite Lord of the Rings movie is not Fellowship. I, I don't like The Hobbit. It's the desolation of I, I just have to reiterate that for some reason. <laughs> um, So it's not always the first, right? I could go through a whole list of movies here and say that, you know, my the first isn't always the best. But it's just, it's such a meaningful film. Like... You, you, there's something very pure about a film that's not made to start a franchise. Like, we're just so overwhelmed by that now. You know, whether it's Marvel, you have DC, you have Star Wars again. Um, we have all these other superhero, like Bloodshot just got announced for a second movie, right? And I think they've talked about having other... Um, like within even within the DC universe, you know, they have the Suicide Squad coming out, which I'm actually excited for. But then you already have spinoff TV shows for some of these characters and the show hasn't even mm-hmm. movie hasn't even come out yet. Right. So like we're just that's become such a normal thing. So to watch a movie that not only is impactful and meaningful, but it's very clear this movie was not made to spawn a near 70 year franchise. Mm-hmm. Right. So whether it's the way that the movie is shot, 
I mean, the score is just super haunting. The effects are great. I mean, Super I did such a great job with this. And I mean, the the acting is phenomenal. Like, it's one of those things where as I've gone back and watched some of these uh, contemporary films through like the Criterion Collection, you know, there's a reason why this film was chosen for the Criterion Collection years ago over any of the other ones, right? And really... I would argue the rest of these films, as good as they are, only are in the Criterion Collection as we have them because of this one, because of how influential that first film was in setting up everything else for the rest of the genre. Um, But, of course, I had answers because I knew we'd all answer that. Um, I think it's a tie for me between Mothra versus Godzilla and then Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Like, what you're saying, Chris... Mothra vs. Godzilla, there's a lot of layers. It's very well done. The ending kind of falls off a little bit, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla is just a freaking blast. So I'm like, I don't care. Like, I can put that on and just not... Like, I don't know. It's just, it's such a comfort film for me. Plus, the soundtrack is incredible. And I find myself humming it all the time. And I don't even care. So, but yeah, I've... Knew we'd all answer Gojiro, so we're we're typical basic Godzilla fans like that. So, <laughs> well, how about this question, real quick? If you could, let's if you could pick one non Showa movie for the Criterion by itself, not based on the era, um, what would it be? You're talking about like Godzilla from beginning to end, even films that you haven't watched. Yeah, including '98. Oh, we don't include '98. No, oh, come on. <laughs> I just said it. I just said it. It's not that bad. Okay, so is this just Godzilla films or are we talking kaiju films in general? Oh, my goodness. Let's just do kaiju. Okay. All right. I'm going to let Kim Shoot. go. Yeah, that's fine. I know what you meant, Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, I wasn't prepared for this question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Outside of the Showa era, um, maybe uh, Return of Godzilla. Okay. <sighs> yeah, you said outside of the Showa era because I was going to say Mothra. Mm-hmm. Um, Starting the thing. I know. Hold on. Let me look. Uh, you're killing me. This is tough. For our viewers at home, he's looking at his shelves right now. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a good answer. Like, and maybe that's just me admitting that I like a lot of these films despite not thinking they're great. But, like, I think of, like, what the Criterion Collection typically picks... And it's not just necessarily quality. It's, you know, they're looking at it's several different reasons, factors in there. Um, yeah, I think Return of Godzilla is a safe bet. But I think even if you did something as zany as like versus Biolante, I mean, just the ef- practical effects in that film are absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, that's that's probably the only one I could feel comfortable choosing. Yeah, that uh, that was going to be my original answer, Godzilla versus Biollante. Yeah. 
Like, there's a part of me that's like, Shin Godzilla, there's a lot of good things about it, but I don't think it's criterion worthy. And then obviously I love GMK. It's one of my favorite films in the entire genre, but I can't choose that. Now, if we're doing non-Godzilla films, I would say the Gamera trilogy. But Oh, oh yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. But the space women aren't in that one. I know, I know. It just breaks your heart. Okay, all right. I'm just making sure you know before you make the wrong decision. <laughs> okay, so next question is most memorable scene. Um, I guess it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to mention Godzilla versus Megalon a lot during this episode, so just be prepared for that. Um, I gotta, I gotta love the drop kick. The drop kick <laughs> is my favorite. <laughs> that's the scene i always go back to in my head like from when i was a kid i'm like oh that's so cool it's so iconic between that and the, the head ref flying but especially the drop kick oh yeah what about you chris um i'm trying not to go with some of the sillier ones because holy cow where there's some of those um a memory is a memory chris <sighs> yeah true true no, honestly, how oh, and I okay. I, I'm just gonna have to go with the answer that I'm not trying to say right now, and it was really from um, really thinking back from Terror of Mechagodzilla, like some of the stuff that some of the miniature work when we're getting like the scale of all of them together, like I can't point to like one scene from the movie, but just like when we're watching all these, when we're watching kind of like all of the suits together with the miniature work. Um, something about watching it during Terror of Mechagodzilla really hit me in a different way. Yeah. And I know that's kind of a cop-out answer, and so I'm sorry about that, but I, something about like having watched these progress, watching Godzilla go from states of like really good suit to like, ooh, what happened to him? Did you leave him out in the backyard <laughs> for a couple of weeks? All the way back to this, to like just see the way that this has evolved. And yeah. something about, like, I think I said this, and I may not have, but with Terror of Mechagodzilla, watching the special effects, and that's not really the word, but um, get better, it brought me into the monster fights a little bit more. Yeah. I think there's a better sense of scale, which just as I've thought back through some of my favorite scenes, something about it, it's got me. Especially when you started combining, like, all the different, like, guns and blasters Mechagodzilla had. Like, thinking from Gojira to Terror of Mechagodzilla, being able to see that progression was pretty sweet. I personally don't think Jun Fukuda is the best with scale. You go from Son of Godzilla, and then you have Ebera. Well, Ebera, then Son of Godzilla, and then Gigan and um, Verse Mechagodzilla. Like, you don't... The, to me, the huge difference is you get Terror Mechagodzilla, and they're fighting in the cities again. Right. Which, I mean, you do get that here and there, but like with the rest of those films, the majority of the scenes are like on an island or a plane or something like that. And you don't have that. I mean, that's that's part of that sense of scale. Right. Otherwise, it just looks like men in suits mm -hmm. when you have the buildings and everything else. There's just something different about it. Like even with Ultraman, when you just have like the trees that help show that scale and like the way that you do the shots, like it makes a huge difference. And I think Honda just kind of had that eye. Um, not saying Fukuda didn't. It's just 
that's actually a pretty common critique is that mm-hmm. those movies don't always have that scale. <sighs> I think for me, it's it's still I, I have to be that serious one. Um in Gojira, the moment when the mom's holding her children before they die, like I I mean, it's just I remember watching that for the first time, watching the Japanese version for the first time and watching that and just sitting there and being like, Holy what? what did I just watch? Like I was not ex where'd Chris go? I'm here. Yeah. We lost Chris. <laughs> he turned green um just sitting there and being like i don't remember watching this as a kid so like i don't know if the 1956 version had that or not but it definitely didn't have that impact right so like i just when i think of like a a scene that like did change me like that definitely is one that I will never forget. Just this idea of like, you know, we're going to go, we're going to go with that. You know, I don't remember the exact line. I didn't write it down, but just this idea that we'll know, be with daddy soon. Yes, that's it. Thank you. Um, you know, cause this, again, it's a movie about loss, right? I mean, there's already other, other moments of dialogue, just acknowledging it's like I avoided the war and then this happens, right? It's people who are clearly struggling and, just the to get that picture of a day-to-day actual lives. Cause I mean, we watch these Godzilla movies and like you see the buildings explode, but like there's no real mm-hmm. consequences for the actions. Mm-hmm. Right. And this movie just defines like, nope, there's actual lives that are being lost. And it's just <sighs> that's a really good point. Uh, because in the last in the recap episode of Ultraman. After having watched Godzilla now, there's a recap, and I can't remember what the context was, but, like, one of the Ultramen pushes someone through a building, and it levels the whole building. Like, there's no way they had time to evacuate that. Yeah. And I'm like, well, frick, when I watch anything else, I don't think about that. But Godzilla forces you to. You're you're forced to reckon with. And that's kind of why I like the city battles more, because it feels like the stakes are so much higher. Yeah. Well, that's even with some of these Ultraman shows, they'll actually like purposely try to take the monsters out of the city to try to protect mm-hmm. people. I love just those small little little things that just show the ramifications of that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a criterion question you would like to ask, Chris, or can we move on? No, go for it. <laughs> um, so movie that personally challenged you the most. Kim, you have the ability to defer to Chris here if you needed to. Uh, I'm gonna have to take you up on that. <laughs> I don't have a, I don't have an answer. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna cheat again and not give a straight answer. Uh, and if we're not used to that by now, I think I think uh, War of the Gargant was by the time we were done with it, is the one that's made me think the most. Um. Just because um, thinking with our discussion on the human life and then like the next Are you discussion. talking about Frankenstein Congress? No, 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 okay. no, no. Um, just the discussion we had in terms of the value of life and then how the next movie kind of throws that away oh, a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, it was a non-answer and I knew I probably should have practiced that better. But um, honestly, in a way, it made me think about how many times I've had profound thoughts and then live my life as if I've never had them. Um, huh. And I know that's kind of a cheat, and that's so metatextual no, that it doesn't talk yeah. about the movie. 
<laughs> but in terms of actual movies itself, so that was my meta answer. My actual movie yeah. answer is um, on, honestly hetera because um, there's something about any movie with like thinking about eco- ecological impact that gets me uh, a little bit more just because I, I, we're all, I think we're all know what it's like growing up in the ecological age, but something mm-hmm. about watching it and seeing that what 50 some years ago, we are still having the same problems like that hit me deep. And I'm like, wow, we fixed absolutely nothing. <laughs> Great. <laughs> we convinced ourselves that recycling will save the world. And then we realized it's a lie. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So hopefully, hopefully my real answer made up for my metatextual. I mean, I liked your metatextual answer too, so <laughs> we're good. Um, for me, it's Frankenstein conquers the world, like partially because it reminded me that just because I don't like something the first time I watch it, I need to challenge myself and reconsider yeah. why. But having that conversation with Michael and yourself and just the feedback we got from people after that. I mean, it's really pushed me to reconsider like what I, you know, what we're talking about, the the value of a human life, even to the extent that as I've sat here over the past few weeks, reevaluating my own views on pacifism, realizing that, you know, if I value human life, then is it not within my, should I not fight to protect others, right? You know, like not saying that the aggressor's life doesn't matter, but, you know, should, like, at what point should I protect the innocent life? And just all these different questions that aren't related to this film, but as I'm thinking about it, I get drawn back to this movie, and I'm like, geez, okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, I mean, it's just, it's one of those movies that it may not be my favorite, but I have found myself thinking about it time and time and time again. Just all these different things, even like the the idea of, you know, we're we're going to use someone for as much as they're worth, but, you know, we're not going to consider, you know, like what that does to them as a person. You know, there's just, yeah, I could go on and on. Um, did you not have an answer in general or do you just need time to come up with something? <laughs> if you don't, um, that's fine. That's fine. You're, you're not going to fail. Don't worry. Oh, I didn't study. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I do. I do agree with Chris's answer with Godzilla versus Hedera. That uh-huh. did make me may think a little bit about like, you know, um, what we're what we're doing to the planet and like what I'm doing to the planet. And like I've started trying to live more sustainably, like, you know, with um, producing less waste and pollution and all that goodness. But yeah, so I guess in a way that movie kind of challenged me a little bit. Yeah. It's a very convicting movie. I wish it gave an answer. Mm. It's so hard to watch it and be like, what do I do from here? Yeah. <laughs> okay, now what? Yep. <laughs> okay, so wasted potential. This is just full of just opportunity. Mm-hmm. Kim, what do you got? <sighs> wasted potential. Um, can I save Iran? <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh man it's just your average cookie cutter kaiju film that doesn't really have a lot going for it and i honestly to be quite honest i don't even remember much from it because there's a, there wasn't much to remember so like they could have done they, they had a brand new kaiju they could have done so much with it and they just kind of like 
didn't try. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, Chris? Uh, man, just from the ones that we've discussed, huh? uh, I would say in terms of what was hyped to me, Destroy All Monsters. Yeah, I don't know. It just it wasn't my cup of tea, but I know a lot of people like it. But I just I just kind of there's something about the Super Smash Brothers brawl effect that didn't work for me. And um, <laughs> that's accurate. <laughs> I just I guess I just would have loved like seeing something more. And I know we talked all about why it was the way it was. We talked about its social place. We talked about like. Well, it might have been the last one. I understand all that, but man, if it's going to go out, I wish it would have went out with a little more to say. I wish it had a little more. I wish they would have just capitalized on having all of that together a little more. And I know you're all blocking me as as I speak, but... <laughs> They've already blocked let you me, for let me say stuff. It this way. Don't worry. Because, Kim, I totally know what you're saying about Varan, and I think I agree, as long as I'm remembering Varan correctly. Um and I think there's a few of those that are kind of sitting at like the the average mark that like I don't think I would use those as my answers because it's if it's average, it's just an average movie. Like some don't have that potential to get that boost. But I think I think Destroyer Monsters really could have had had a lot more yeah. it could have evolved with. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that part of that is, you know, they were planning on being the end, right? So obviously mm-hmm. they want to go out with a bang. But you're right. It's there. There are elements where you're like, it was right there. Yeah. I went with the brand. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, I was listening to the Monsters vs. Men episode about it. And I'm like, I'm right there with them. Like, there are things about that movie that are incredibly well done. And I get it. It was meant to be made for TV and then it got changed and this and that. There's a lot of stuff that happened, but I'm just like, what? Like, how did we get to this? Like, I mean, honestly, this is, this would be something that'll get me blocked is I think the only reason people like Varan is because it's in the Godzilla cinematic universe. Like, it's not a good movie. I don't think so at all. But it has that connection where, like, I don't know, what's a Marvel movie that people genuinely think isn't good? Chris, you got, I don't know, like, can you name one? Age of Ultron. Okay. So, you cut me deep, dude. I love that movie. (laughs) But again, I think part of that is there's that element of it's connected. So, like, we can find ourselves liking it or enjoying it because of that mm-hmm. um so i don't know i think brands the same way the the score is incredible like easily one of ifakube's best scores and it's wasted on such a bad film and don't even get me started on the american version that was Ooh, incredibly oh offensive i couldn't even sit through the american version <laughs> i had to turn it off it was so horrible oh <laughs> uh, take a drink every time he says little one that's great i forgot <laughs> oh to mention God. the corns the corns i don't want to hear about your corns (laughs) now i'm hungry oh see see what you've done all right biggest surprise Hmm. 
Matanga was surprising. <laughs> How so? <laughs> ah. Ah. <laughs> well, there, there's that. And, uh, <laughs> that was more like a freaking dolphin from SpongeBob when they learn how to cuss. <laughs> Cussing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, but when I first watched it, like like I said, I didn't really see a lot of these films until it hit adulthood. So uh-huh. like when I fr- when I saw it for the first time, I was like, "Whoa, this took a different turn than I was expecting." <laughs> it's like, wow! It's like, mm, it's, it's just it's a film. The trippiest <laughs> movie is about mushrooms. It makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Did you enjoy it though? I did. Okay. Good. I was gonna say we'd have to. We'd have to share some words after if you did it. <laughs> it's funny, our like record. even though like our whole list is about like we've done quote unquote kaiju films. I don't know if Matongo officially counts as a kaiju film, but we did it anyway. But we have like let's see, one, two, three, four, five. There's one, two, three, four, twenty-four films on this list. Well, twenty-five. I didn't put Terra Godzilla, uh, but Matongo is number six for me. I mean, it's still like, there's so many good things about it. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, what about you, Chris? What was your most surprising or biggest surprise? Excuse me. Hmm. Um, let me cheat again. Um, I think I was a little surprised how fast the tone had shifted in the series. I thought, um, I thought some of these sillier, campier ones were long out so i didn't realize that we'd be in the it it's still kind of it's at least early is it single digits or is it still early double that it gets kind of campier like when was um just uh, uh, monsters or, i mean all monsters attack either way it's I really mean, early yeah compared to what yeah. i thought i mean so even I thought, king kong vs godzilla is pretty campy so yeah, I I was expecting these to be really silly, um, like Gojira esque pieces for a long time. I thought like the seventies or eighties yeah. would be like the big shift. So I was surprised we've already seen some of those. Um, it, I mean, especially just Minya being so early seems like such a such a massive shift, and it shifted my life. But um, more than that, the whole series. Um, yeah, I think the other big surprise is just like none of these movies are what I thought they were going to be. Like, there's a lot that I thought were just going to be straight monster movies, but none of them really were. Like, there were a few. There were a few. But like, mm-hmm. what was the one that I first said was about? Invasion of the Astro Monster. Like, I had no idea what that one was about. And it comes out <laughs> swinging from left field with all this like aliens and Ghidorah. And I was like, what? So yeah. what's my biggest surprise? Every time I turned on the next one and saw what it was actually about and not what I thought I it was about. You can't judge them by the, the cover art, man. You really can't. I, it's like someone who didn't watch the movie made the cover art sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's accurate. Yeah, especially the Godzilla vs. Megalon, the American version where they're on top of the Twin Towers. <laughs> I bet that one was probably edited recently. Uh, womp womp. <laughs> Uh, I think for me, it was how good King Kong Escapes is in the Japanese version. Like, I grew up with the American version. It's super silly, like incredibly silly. And then I watched the Japanese version. I'm like, 
I mean, it had its comedic elements, but like, it's a really good movie. And I was not expecting to enjoy it nearly as much as I did when we watched it for the show. Um, so yeah, that's just one of those things where I really wish there was a legal way to watch it that way. Um, unfortunately, as of this moment, there is not. But if Toho's to- lawyers are still listening, get on it. Because <laughs> you guys are making some of the worst merch designs ever. But if you made this movie and released it here, you would actually make money. But what do I know? What do I know? Um, so last question that I came up with is, if you were the assistant director, what is one change that you would make to a movie? Um, this is kind of random, but there's a the scene in Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster where like the, the all the mafia people are in the bar and then the good guys are on TV and they're like, oh, we're keeping the princess here. <laughs> like, okay, I, I maybe would have changed that a little bit so let's, to not make it so easy for the bad guys to yeah. you know, find the princess that they're trying to kill, maybe? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Just a thought. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how that one slipped through the cracks. <laughs> I wish my answer was as good as that. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. I win. <laughs> More Minya. How did no. I know you were going to say that? Because I'm predictable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no. I if there's something that I really would have, I, I'm stealing from my other my other realm. The Harrison Ford, like mm. you can write it, but people won't say it idea i think if i were an assistant director i'd want it i know this is so broad i i could point to a a lot of movies but just be like do you think humans do this in real life like do we want to get a more like fully rounded human at least one human in this movie because like i know we want to like sell toys and it's godzilla's movie but like i would like someone i can relate to in more movies. Yeah. I think Mechagodzilla's duology got us a little better, a little closer to that. And, um, yeah. But I, I, I would have just said, like, we don't, it's not even like what I'm trying, what I'm not trying to say is we need more human time. I just, maybe some of the human elements were like, if they were more relatable, I wonder if we'd feel different. Yeah. I get that. I did see something here recently talking about stuff like that. Like you watch a movie and be like, people even do that. And their example is like when you go in the bathroom and you splash water on your face. Mm. And I was like, no, I've done that. And I'm like, wait, did I just do that because a movie did it? And I was like, oh my gosh. I never would have naturally thought to do that. (laughs) Freaking brainwashed by the media, man. Oh, and next time we have Alex Jones on the show, but that's another story. Okay, so... They're making the kaiju frog gay. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's... it's If you know me, it's going to be pretty obvious. Um, take out the freaking stock footage out of Gigan. Like, mm. there's no need to have that much or at least find a way to blend it together better instead of like, light, day, light, day, light, day. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm doing it wrong. God, I'm so tired. How is it on SpongeBob? It was life, death, life, death, life, death. 
<laughs> okay. But you it's know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it was yeah. so jarring where I just, as a kid, yeah, it didn't bother me. But as an adult, showing it to my son who does notice because he's that way, he'll notice when you don't put the books on his bookshelf in the right spot. Like, <laughs> come on, guys. You should know better. So we got all the crappy questions out of the way. So now we have the questions from our listeners. So this is going to be kind of a lightning round. Um, first question comes from Dan, who is the most beautiful kaiju? Hmm. Mothra? I was going to say, can't say Mothra. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Mechagodzilla. Biolante's first form. Am I going to be the only one who answers Minya? Yeah. I knew one of you was going to answer Minya. <laughs> yeah. I knew, Have you I seen saw that from a mile monster? away? Ew. Ew, David. I mean, <laughs> you said beauty's in the eye of the beholder, and his glory is so beautiful. Amen. So, amen. Um, <laughs> Elijah asked, what are your thoughts on airline food? <laughs> Overpriced. The only airline food I've had was like a blueberry muffin. Why? So, and uh, that would have that tasted okay. So like, I guess, I guess it's fine. <laughs> the alcohol is super expensive. Yeah. I'm already on this flight death tube. Why do you have to charge me so much? I know. It's so when I've actually had food, it's not horrible, but I'm one of those people where I'm like, why would I pay for this? Why would I not just eat before or after? Like airport food isn't always super expensive, especially if you can find like a Chick-fil-A. You can usually do pretty well there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, why would you eat on the airplane? There's nothing like drinking alone at an airport Chili's. <laughs> I'll trust you on that one. I, I can't speak for that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kyoto Kino asked, why do they call it oven when you oven the cold food of out uh, out hot eat the food? Was that Hold English? On. Yeah, let me try that again. Why do they call it oven when you oven the cold food of out hot eat the food? <laughs> what? Moving on. I will Tanner asked. <laughs> Tanner asked, if kaiju were somehow a real occurrence, do you think it would be the nail in the coffin of society or something that finally pulled the world together? I mean, I have very little faith in humanity as it is. So I feel like if there was a kaiju involved, that would just be the end of us. Yep. I'm going to have to echo that. Um, there are monsters in real world, and those monsters are us. No, Amen. I would say honestly, it depends on where the kaiju is, because if it's America, we'll get our we'll get our act together. But if it's like I don't know Australia, I'm sure the U.S. would be like, well, I'll figure it out. They got big ass spiders over there or something. Famous last words: We'll throw another Ebra on the Bobby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and to all of our Australian listeners, I am so sorry. 
Speaking of which, Madison asks, what do you think about dad jokes? Do you consider yourself a boomer? And what do you think about Godzilla the series cartoon? (laughs) Dad jokes are fantastic. Mm -hmm. I'm a millennial, not a boomer. Although sometimes I can act like a boomer. But um, Godzilla the series cartoon, eh, it was okay. Is this the one with Gadzuki in it? (sighs) No, it's not. All right, awful. Only, Garbage. only, only by semantics because I believe that one is called Godzilla the Animated Series. Yes, so <laughs> that's Godzilla the Animated Series, and then you have Godzilla the Series. Throw it out. I don't want it. I'm not a boomer. I'm a millennial, and dad jokes are what we built our brand on. So hashtag Ultra Daddies. <laughs> God knows. I'm very ashamed of myself for that one. Uh, pretty sure you can uh, know all of my answers. Front light. Wait, no, Boomer? No, I'm not a Boomer. Um, and then Godzilla, the series. I've got the series on DVD. We started watching them. I don't remember what happened. And now we're stuck on Ultraman. So by the time we finish all 30 different series, I'll come back to it when I'm actually a Boomer. Wait. No, that doesn't work like that either. Okay, anyway. So, (laughs) uh, B. Trizzle asked, what is everyone's favorite non-Godzilla-related kaiju? Whether that's movies, TV shows, anime, manga, comic books, novels. You asked a whole lot of things there. Um, So what, maybe, let's just talk about non-Godzilla-related movies. If there's anything kaiju-related, what would you say is your favorite? I love the Gamera trilogy. Yeah, that's that's oh, an easy yeah. answer for me. Yeah, that's yeah. a good. Mm, yeah. You said movies, but I I gotta go with Sentai. Yeah. No, I you know just anything. Yeah. yeah. So out of the Sentai, then what's what's been your favorite um, series so far? I love Kari Injured to Death. It was hilarious and so goofy. Mm-hmm. But Jetman, Jetman was a great like. A drama that also had monsters in it and the final episode i legit got like got a little emotional i like felt it and i won't say why but that's the one that i was told i needed to watch after i said i wasn't like hooked by zoo ranger mm-hmm. so car ranger do they turn into cars no, 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 no. They're Car powered. Ranger, that's that's turp that's Power Rangers Turbo here yeah. in the US, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. That's the one where they're powered by constellations in the shape of cars, and the constellations give them the car magic to morph into the car rangers. And then they use the car magic to fight a biker king who wants to turn the entire of space into a space highway so you can drive from one planet to the next. <laughs> David's so confused. <laughs> it doesn't make much more sense in context, and that's why I love it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely does seem up your alley. Um, I mean, I would echo Kim when she says the Gamera trilogy, like in a sense of movies. I know there's people who hype them up to be like the greatest thing ever, but when it really you compare them against everything Godzilla's done, I don't think there's any competition at all um, apart from the original personally but 
That being said, I have been impressed time and time and time again by the consistency and how good the Ultraman series are. Um, the Showa ones are good in what they're supposed to do, but like the new gen series, I've just been absolutely hooked on and I'm watching uh, Ultraman Mabius right now. Um, I have not laughed at Ultraman as much as I have with this one. Or rather, I have quietly chuckled while lying next to my five-year-old in bed because I don't want to wake him up. But pretty good stuff. Um, this one's going to be good for you, Kim. So Dennis asked, if you were going to reuse Biolante in a Godzilla movie, how would you update slash change her? Ooh, good question. Um, I would probably make her more mobile in her first form. She just looks more like Rose-like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Uh, what was the other part of the question? Did I answer everything? Yeah, just update change if you're going to use it in a movie. Uh, yeah, just make her more more, more mobile in her first form because I like her first form a little better than her final form. Yeah. Chris, you're not going to say it? What? I know you're thinking it. No, okay. you think- No, I just, I thought you heard final form and I thought you were going to go. Oh, off, oh, the Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, I was like, that's <laughs> why I hanging fruit. I thought uh, you were going to rock the dragon, but whatever. <laughs> missed opportunity. I know. Yeah. So you haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. If, how would you change the monster that you imagined to be by Alante, Chris? Oh, God. Okay. You said something about flowers or roses. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, Biolante does not scream. It it kind of screams like, um, like a DNA matador to me, like a double helix with like a, I don't know, something about the, something about the Ante at the end. Um, oh. <laughs> making me think of like a double helix with like a little matador cape. So. Bionote. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe like he, she uses her matador cape and like Godzilla charges, and then she's like, "Yoink!" Like uh, Lucy and Charlie Brown. <laughs> Rob, you have homework to do. <laughs> yes, please. Oh my god, please. Uh, see. I I wish we would get more of a like a deeper consequence for Biolante existing because of Godzilla. Like I know they get into that in the film, but like I really wish that would be more at the forefront. Like to me, if we were talking about the Heisei, that would be kind of be like some wasted potential there. Or I guess something that I would change. Um but yeah, I don't know if I'd really change much. I mean what we ended up getting was incredible. So, um, um, Andrew asked, can Kim take over the podcast while you're on hiatus? (laughs) (laughs) Kim, who's your novice that that hasn't seen it? (laughs) Say what? Who, who's your novice who hasn't seen Godzilla to co-host with? Um, my fiance hasn't really seen that many. I, I've showed him Whoa. some Godzilla movies, but he's not he's not obsessed with it as I, like I am though. So not yet. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if I take over your show though. 
So if you if you did that with your fiance, would you call it lizard lovers? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of the SNL skit. Sorry, I had to. <laughs> Only us boomers would understand, okay? Suddenly our RSVPs to the wedding have been lost. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, good lord. Okay. (laughs) So, Jack asks, all three of you in a battle royale using plastic sporks as weapons. Who wins? Street rules or prison rules? Either way, I lose. (laughs) <laughs> of course i can't think can't help but think of hot rod there i might have been quoting it <laughs> how did they phrase that like that's slightly racist um yeah, yeah. oh dear <laughs> with uh yeah what would win a grilled cheese or a taco, grilled cheese and a taco. um yeah i don't I would like to think I would, but I've got a bad back, so I may give out on me halfway through the fight. So it just depends on how quickly I could gouge out Chris's eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to get his glasses off first. Yeah, true. But the nice thing about a spork is that it's both stabby and scoopy. So if you yeah, just got just it in one fell, one fell scoop. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> you should put that one. Yeah, I would. So that's the thing, though. So who wins? I would kill Chris. Mm-hmm. I would let Kim leave because I like you. So I don't want you to die. But Chris, I'm sorry, man. You've you've run your course. So yeah, I have. Oh my! Everything that I've ever contributed, it really peaked at 26. Oh, and last question. I did save this for last. What piece of advice would you give someone who needs a little hope? Oh. Wear glasses during a spork fight. Amen. Amen. <laughs> or at least a face shield. Don't watch the news. Yo, okay, well. there we go. That's one of them. Or at least uh, not a Newsmax or OAN. But hmm. is that your final answer? Pretty good one. Yes. Okay. I, w- I wanted to make sure, like, if that was a serious answer, that's fine. I agree with you. <laughs> How about you, Chris? I would say, and I would apply this both religious with religious overtones and non-religious overtones, just to say, like, if you need a little hope, we are all capable of doing some good right now. And I'm not sure what... It, if I could give a one size fits all approach to what we can each kind of contribute or what we can each kind of do good wise, but like we are all capable of doing something good that helps someone else out. We're all capable of spreading a little of that hope ourselves to someone else. And I think it's that coming from inside to the outside where when we, when we stop kind of like letting our negative thoughts and our like despair consume us, but instead we become agents of change for someone else. Like, I Mm. think that's where you get the hope. That's where you can start to see that everything's not bad because I personally have some kind of capacity to do something about it. Yeah. I think for me, it's remembering that 
or at least if you don't know it already, believing that all people are capable of change. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean it will happen. It doesn't mean that it will happen as quickly as we would like. But I do believe that if someone is given the opportunity to receive compassion and love, even if that does hurt at times, right? Um, I love my son, but he doesn't always feel like it's love all the time. Um, I think if we believe that people can change, I think that gives us hope because we stop seeing people as problems to be solved. Mm. So, which I feel like we've been dealing a lot with lately. So, and again, wear a face shield during a spork fight. <laughs> it's really the only way you're going to win. Amen. <laughs> All right. This is kind of bittersweet, Chris. Yeah. A little bittersweet. <laughs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> so, Kim, before I just have an emotional wreck, plug yourself. Um, where can people check you? Obviously, you've got the YouTubes, but do you actually have like a URL there, or do you have to type out that like thirty character string until you meet <laughs> certain criteria to get a custom URL? <laughs> um, I do have a custom URL, um, but you can just go on YouTube, search Kaiju Kim. You can pretty much find me immediately. Um, so on my channel, I do anything from film reviews to unboxings to baking a Godzilla cake for his birthday, which like so I attempted awesome. to do last week. <laughs> 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 but yeah, basically I just uh, express my love for the genre and just uh, have a good time. Um, I upload a new video every other Tuesday. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but I will be doing some Showa stuff on my channel very soon. Okay. Um, I'm on Twitter at Kaiju Kim and Instagram at Kaiju underscore Kim. And if you follow me on those platforms, you can participate in polls that I do for my videos and get an idea of what I got coming up. And you can, you can find me on Facebook, but I don't really post there that often, <laughs> but um, I'm mainly on Twitter that days. I'm on Twitter these days. So, yeah. But Kim, I mean, we really do appreciate you jumping on. Um, Like, you know, we discussed previously, we wanted to find a way to have you on the show. Now, it was not planned that we would have you on for our last episode before the hiatus. But Chris and I both agreed. We're, We're very glad that you agreed to be on. We are very glad that our last episode uh, for before we start this break, um, you are going to be a part of it. Um, I've really grown to you know appreciate what you've not just obviously the the friendship we've developed, but what you offer to the community and just you know it's it's a very trying time right now. So having someone that is able to bring not just positivity, right? There's got to be more than that, but bringing a refreshing and encouraging voice into uh, into the community is very well needed right now. So mm-hmm. I know I can speak on behalf of many when I say you are appreciated and welcome. Um, that being said, I am actually sad that we are going on a break, but it is important, mental and family and everything else, elf health uh, is important. But, Chris, mm. I'm going to have you read the the ending this time. Whoa. 
<clears throat> All right. Let's see. Well, I mean, really though, we 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 say thank you every week for people to listen, but we generally do. Uh, we generally are thankful for people who listen. It is it's so surreal that people would take an hour plus, or unless you're listening at double speed, half an hour out of your day to listen to us every other week. Um, Kaiju like, chipmunk. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder what's something like that. But, like, no, genuinely, it's so weird. Like, the fact that, like, stuff that came out of my mouth is on a t-shirt now, I, it blows my mind. It's honestly, like, just crazy. Uh... I could not mention that one more time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, honestly, thank you, everyone, <laughs> for tuning in to the Kaiju Apostle podcast. If for some reason you like what you heard and you have a comment you'd like to share you can let us know over on our twitter page so you can always tweet us at kaiju apostle pod uh my personal twitter is chris worms at oh that was about my email address uh it's at chris worms that's w-e-r-m-s um i guess also my email is chris worms at gmail if you really need to hit me up uh David, you want to talk about your personal handle? What's your? You gonna be on there much or? Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll still be on there. It's a kiss, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I'm sure we'll have Kim's information in the show notes or on Twitter as well. We will. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. So in the meantime, with the holidays coming up, we will probably both not be on Twitter quite as much, but. When there's Ultramans to be discussed or Sentai's to be tweeted about, you'll know we'll be there. Um, so feel free to shoot us a message, a DM. If you've got uh, just really burning kaiju thoughts you got to share, let us know. If you've got some fan art. If of you want to talk about Ultraman's butt, let me know. And please, <laughs> please let us know if you want to talk about him and his butt. But um, really, though, also if you have prayer requests, Feel free to email those. If you want to tweet them, DM us, whatever, we'd be happy to take those and pray for you. Because um, we really do appreciate that. We really do pray for you. Um, we both have lists that they go on. So, yes. But, yeah. Um, but until next time. Oh, I thought that was you, David. Man, but until next time. Over you. <laughs> no, no, okay. I was going to read it. <laughs> go, go, going to do go. my sensual voice again. <laughs> okay. Please don't. <laughs> May Mothra watch over you, Godzilla empower you, and High Priest Moist Minya bring you joy. Thanks, Moist Minya. Get ready to meet your maker. Oh, God! We hadn't even started yet! Never underestimate your opponent. What's up now, Frank? I'm doing this because I love you! Never underestimate your opponent. Well, well, well. Finally, a fight. I might actually...
gotcha. What the hell? Is that a throwing star? Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding me. 